0: God, I pray that as we come tonight, Lord, that we would give you everything, even if our everything
1: feels like nothing, Lord. We would know that that is more than enough, Lord, and that we would just come and worship and pray and dance and move and be together as a community with you, Lord.
0: Honestly, I'm am... be speed Yes, me. Within us, your stillness among us, within us. Be with us tonight. In your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take a second, stand up, spin around, move your bodies. Kids, you are. Free to go to your places. We'll be back in a second.
1: All right. If you guys could find a seat, if you need to grab your Bible or anything, we're going to get started so we can try to keep on schedule. Preach it You're in the front. They're getting crazy in the front. Um, before we start, I'm going to pray and uh, we'll get going so we can kind of keep with our schedule. Holy Spirit, Father. Son, we invite you again to join us, and we pause even now um, in the midst of delivering kids and just finding seats and, um, and just kind of settling. We ask you to be with us, and uh, as we, we learned about listening today, God, give us ears to hear what you have for us, and as we think about this idea of testimony We pray that you would um, teach us about our stories, but also that we would um, hear the testimonies um, of our fellow friends and family members, but also, Holy Spirit, you would testify to us that you would bring the truth. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I was given the task of hitting this topic, this rhythm called testimony. And it made uh, initially it brought up a bunch of stories for me. Um, and so I'm going to be mixing our time here this evening with a series of stories, some video clips, some songs, some craziness. hopefully all the technology will work and you'll be able to follow with me. But the question that first comes up is this rhythm of testimony is what is, testimony? What is a testimony? What is a good testimony? Is there a bad testimony? And how does that look? Um, And is that concept that we talk about testimony in the church, is that the same concept that we talk about anywhere else? I became a Christian um, towards the end of my sophomore year in high school, and that was the first time I really engaged and heard this idea of testimony. I heard the phrase, sharing testimony my testimony and in doing so in a Christian context at least for me it was pretty much understood that before I became a Christian I really didn't have a testimony and it wasn't exactly specifically taught but it was generally this idea that you had to be a Christian to have this testimony once you became a Christian and your life started to change and you became more Christ like then you could share your testimony of that reality with others it was kind of this before and after story, right? Before I was a Christian, I did yada, yada, yada. Then I met Christ. My life started to change, and now yada, yada, yada. And that was your testimony. And I remember thinking um, through this discipleship program where we were taught how to share your testimony. And actually, one of those times was up here at Lakeside Bible Camp during a program called TCL, which that lodge that your kids are at is named after. It's the TCL Lodge. It stands for Training in Christian Living, and they provide these discipleship training opportunities over the summer. And part of that was learning how to share my testimony. And part of the idea of learning how to share your testimony was a little bit of a personal story tied to yours, but it had some kind of progression usually had some scripture generally designed to lead towards sharing the gospel or at least what we might call the four spiritual laws or Romans road of some sort. But there was the the general idea of testimony. And then there was this really kind of funny language around testimony. And it was the idea that someone had a really good testimony (laughs) and others maybe not so much. And I was always kind of shocked by that, and I actually remember vividly one of my dear friends, one of my longest friends, Erin Hansen. we're up here, we're learning through this training process about testimony, and she said something like this as we were kind of talking through our testimony, she said something like this, you know, I've been a Christian my whole life, there's not a time I remember not being a Christian, so I don't really feel like I have a good testimony. And in my mind, having not known Christ for the, you know, up until then, my whole life, I thought, that is so crazy how much I would love to have been able to say I had had a relationship with Christ my whole life. For me, I had maybe a year. And it was just kind of this weird idea. So in many ways, the understanding was if you had a really good list of sins and failures and struggles and mistakes and deep failures before you met Christ, now you live more Christ-like, then you must have a really good testimony. And that was my kind of first delve into testimony. Then there's this different testimony concept that came in, and this is a completely different note, completely different story. And for some of you, this is going to date me, and that's fine. But how many of you remember watching the original People's Court show with Judge Wapner? Just if you're not remembering that, let me let me jog your memory for a moment here. If it worked. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Now, you got to be honest if you remember this, because we're talking about testimony, so you don't want to lie. Okay, there's enough of that. So you got the idea. (laughs) Judge Wapner, the court reporter, Doug Llewellyn, good old Rusty the bailiff. Um, It was the best theme song. And there was this language, right, as the show. The litigants in this show are not actors, but actual participants in a – California Municipal Court these witnesses are real right it was this idea Uh, and it brings up this idea because for the church sadly I think we generally have taken this idea of testimony and messed it up a bit or we flat out avoided it or we ignore it and so this other idea of testimony comes up in the context of the courtroom and this quote from Thomas Hoyt Jr. says this, Testimony occurs in particular settings, a courtroom or a church, where that community expects to hear the truth spoken. They expect to hear the truth spoken. And so kind of what I'm hoping to do is recover a little bit of this idea of testimony for us this evening. Now, the Greek word, generally where we find the word testimony is this word maturion, which I probably am butchering. But that's the general idea. And it literally means to bear witness, to give a good report, to tell the truth, to share evidence in support of a fact or statement or proof. That's all it really means, to tell the truth. And so we all remember that scene in that movie, A Few Good Men, Right, Tom Cruise is laying in Jack Nicholson, and Jack Nicholson with his kind of cocky face is like, you want answers, you want answers, <laughs> right? And then Tom Cruise says, I want the truth, and then what does he say? You can't handle the truth. Right. You can't handle the truth. Why can't you? Now, the, the thing that's really important, is, again, is this is a courtroom scene. It's very different from my kind of learning how to share a testimony. But what it's tied to is a core thing in the meaning of testimony, which studying, I thought, was fascinating. And that's that in the meaning and understanding of this idea of being a witness or sharing story or this report or this truth-telling is that that truth-telling is meant to be given. And another way of saying is that this truth-telling should not be held back or held in. Or kept secret. That this truth, this witness, this story, this good report, whatever it is, is not meant to be kept secret, it's meant to be out. So in testimony, people speak truthfully about what they've experienced and seen, and they offer it to a community for edification and understanding of all with truth. And the practice of testimony requires that there be witnesses to testify and others to receive and evaluate that testimony. So again, like listening, again, like these rhythms, they're intended to be done in a community. It's a deeply shared practice, one that is possible only in a community that recognizes kind of that there, there is truth to that the, the idea that there are falsehoods, but that this community yearns for nothing more than to hear the truth, to hear what is good, right? That the people who have come, that's what they're coming for. They understand there's things that are false, but what they've come to hear is the truth. The idea, the practice, this rhythm of testimony or truth-telling can be found in the beginnings of the Bible all the way in Genesis and all the way through to Revelation, This idea of testimony and truth-telling. And it's basic to community, and it happens in any community, right? You gather your friends, and you start playing a game. My son, he's at six. You start playing a a card game, and if you don't look, he might try to snag another card, right? And my daughter will say, he just took another card. And he'll be like, "Mm, no, I didn't. And we're like, Jack, we would like to hear the truth, right? Can you share, tell us the truth? right? All it takes is just something that makes you recognize something possibly false and makes you yearn to hear the truth. In Acts chapter 2, Peter's testimony in Jerusalem defines the early church as this place that is open and inclusive in community, that people are invited wherever they're from to join in and to share and to be a part. And so if we look at various scriptures, this testimony idea comes into play. One example Paul, in his first letter to the people in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5, says this, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I received and this testimony is particularly about God. And what I love is that Paul is saying, I didn't come with great words. Some might say my words weren't great. They might say my testimony wasn't great. And he's even saying my words weren't great. And I might not have been the best testimony, but here's what it is. And my j- desire was to demonstrate the power of the Spirit within him. Another example, this is Paul in his second letter to Timothy. He says this in Timothy uh, chapter uh, one, seven through 10 says this for the spirit of God gave us uh, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. And I love this line. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Before the beginning of time, this grace was given to us. But it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So here's this testimony again, and it's this person, and what this person is saying is that as we have this spirit in us, this spirit is wanting to come out. It literally wants to come out. It's not supposed to be held in. It wants to come out, and as a result, what wants to come out is not timidity. What wants to come out is the power, the love, the self-discipline of the spirit, and that's not something we need to be ashamed of or try to hide. And it's been given to us from the very beginning of time. Another scripture that we see, this is John in 1 John 5, 9 through 12. This has the word testimony that we looked at multiple times. It says this, we accept human testimony, right? Of course we do. Whether it's in the court setting, whether you're friends, you want truth, you want to hear the truth be told. We hear it from humans all the time. It says, but God's testimony is greater than... Because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his son. And then it says, whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. I love this line. And this is the testimony. This is the truth. Let me tell you. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So again, we see this idea of testimony, truth being told, truth coming out, and it affects us. And the person that cannot not tell the truth is God, right? He's the only one that's always 100%. Every word he says is truth. And it's always coming out of him. He's never holding it back. Another verse, this is Jesus describing himself. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life, right? Jesus is the truth. The words that come out of him, the, wor- the his actions, you name it, it's all a testimony to who he is, the truth. And one more example. This one, I think, is a good example of where we get this idea of somebody having a good testimony or a bad testimony. Here's how you tell a testimony. This is uh, Paul, again, writing 1 Timothy one twelve through 15, it says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Right. There's this stuff. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. There's all this stuff. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And he ties this is for whom I am the worst. How can I compete with that testimony? You're the worst and you've been transformed and I've known Jesus my entire life so we can get this miscommunication. So as we think about this idea of what it means to have a rhythm of testimony, I think it's good to think of some different examples that testimony comes into play. The first one is one that I'm doing right now. Testimony as preaching or preaching as testimony. And when you think about this, preaching is a witness Intended to evoke other forms of witness. And preaching is the activity, ultimately, of the whole church, not just me. Which is why you will never find me, by myself, preaching. (laughs) I will never, you'll never find me doing that. I might be practicing before I get to you. But I'm not going to be like, huh, what should I do today? I'm going to go preach out on the island, where no one is. I'm not going to do that. Because it's a whole church thing. Now, think about this. What challenge does that present to me as someone teaching or preaching? And what grace does it offer to me and to you? How is the testimony of me distinct or different from your testimonies as you sit in this room? And how do they come into play? Or, better yet, how do they work together? If you've ever been to a more traditional African American church, there's this participatory experience in preaching. Right before I got started, the front row was like, Preach it, brother, right? And if you're in one of those situations, someone's teaching, and as someone's teaching, there are people acknowledging when truth is spoken by saying, Amen, or that's good, or yes, more. Why? Because they're participating as a community and agreeing with testimony of truth. It's, see? (laughs) Talk to me now, Greg. (laughs) Set something in fire. So you get the picture, right? This preaching isn't just about me talking to you, but it's a participatory thing. Another way you participate in that preaching process is that you actually show up, right? There's something that encourages us people who are doing this, by seeing you here, and you come and say, actually, what you said, that was a little confusing, or that was a little off, and you, you need to work on that one, or, or that was awesome, or that one really encouraged me, or whatever, right? That, that that back and forth works. Another example of where testimony comes into play is in song, which is why we worship, which is why we sing. And there's this saying that says, to know the real life and history of a particular people, you should think about studying the testimony that those people have made in their songs. So if you think of, sadly, a time like slavery, and you look at the songs that erupted out of that season, those songs testify to what was going on for those people. So when you think about the tuneful testimony of Miriam, for example, in Exodus 1521. Or what testimony does the hymn Amazing Grace make? It makes you want to think about, have you ever been able to better sing your testimony than speak it? You ever been in a place at church where you don't have the words on your own, but somehow the song does? And there's also this idea of how do songs help people make sense of their lives. Sometimes I don't understand what's going on, and this song starts evoking understanding for me because in the song, it starts testifying. I'm going to play just a little bit of this song, but this is just an example. This song is speaking words of truth. So just sit back. The words will be up here if you want but it's just an example of a song uh, showing a form of testimony.
0: Let's try this one more time. I am the Lord your God I go before you now I stand beside you And I'm all around
1: time and I can play it for you later cuz we're very tight on time. But you get a sense, right? As you see those words, as you hear those words, you testify, you evoke something in you, right? Whether those are words that you just need to hear and it's almost like God is communicating through you through this song. That's another way. Another example of testimony can go without words at all. George Fox, a a Quaker man that Martha, see, Quaker (laughs) Fest, said, let your life speak. And it's this idea, right? You could take an example, Martin Luther King, maybe, Mother Teresa or Gandhi. These are great, great examples of people who all testified with their bodies or their actions or their lives, right? The New Testament word for martyr is witness. That's what it means. So how does the witness of a martyr, whether it's famous or not, inspire you to greater witness or testimony? And if you think about it, have you ever seen a quiet act of compassion speak powerfully of God's presence? Or maybe as another way to think about it with regards to the church, in what ways does the church in our rituals offer nonverbal testimony to the story of Jesus' life and death and continuing the power in our lives. So when we lead times of worship, we light what we call the Holy Spirit candle. And we don't stop and say, everybody pause, we're going to light the Holy Spirit candle. But those of us who know what it means, just by Brian going over and lighting it and purposely waiting to do that one, we see this nonverbal communication of our truth the Holy Spirit is here, and we're now reminded of that. Or another example might be communion. If you just think about communion, what truths does communion testify to? So you can see how these ideas, these rhythms of things like hospitality and blessing and service can also be forms of testimony. Just a couple more examples. One is just telling the truth, right? That's what it means to testify. And when you hear people tell the truth, that does something. And in the Christian context, there's generally two dimensions to that. One is telling the truth to God about our lives or about God. And there's also the idea of bearing witness to others about God and his redemptive work in us. And that's, again, where we get this idea of sharing our testimony. And when you think of those two dimensions and you think about how they go together, they relate, right? Me being truthfully talking to God about who I am, but then me also bearing witness to others about God's work in my life. And a really great example of this is Alcoholics Anonymous. They take both of those concepts and put them together all the time. But as you think about that, telling the truth, testimony, I want you to be thinking about what risks are inherent in giving testimony. What if the testimony that you have to share is an unpopular testimony? How can people support one another in bearing witness and speaking the truth? That's where this community comes into play, right? If you're the only one, Having to share this unpopular testimony, it's hard. If you have a community behind you, even though it's a smaller community, but you're not by yourself, it encourages you It makes you feel like you can do this. So you can draw strength and inspiration from others who are joining you in that testimony. That's this great cloud of witnesses that we have in Hebrews 12.1. Two more quick ones. Another example or kind of form of testimony, is confession, telling the truth. And when we think about that, how often do you take time to be truthfully confessing to God? And maybe more personally, how often do you confess to anybody? One of the hardest things and most wonderful things is when I need to confess something to my kids, When I did something or said something or reacted in a way that wasn't good and me getting over my adultness and taking my kid and looking them in the face and telling them I'm sorry and what I did was not okay and being truthful about that. But that's a process that's humbling for anyone, for any situation and any circumstances. And it's something that I think we need to be remembering as part of our rhythms of life with God and with others. I'm going to end with something that happened to me this morning. Those of you know, I've been at the camp for a long time. And uh, I love this place. And one of the rituals I have whenever I go up here is uh, the first morning that I wake up, I always make a run down to, and I'm not literally running, so I don't want to sound like I'm exercising. (laughs) Because that wouldn't be truthful. Uh, I take my time. And I and make my way down to the lake, and this morning, uh, I did so, and I found creation testifying. And uh, I took this picture. I don't know how well you can see, but there was just this mist over the lake, and I couldn't I I, I couldn't find myself satisfied. Um, even with a photo. So I kind of took this video, which you may be able to see. But you can kind of see, if you're really quiet, you can kind of hear the water. But it was this idea of creation testifying. And scriptures actually say in Romans uh, that we should be of no excuse that creation itself points to the reality that and the truth that there is a God. I don't need somebody to tell me that. And down to the lake and seeing this testifies to that truth. And so I found myself thinking about this as I was looking at it, and I had written down these words, spirit, and then moving in us all. And, uh, and then what was really amazing as I was thinking about that word, spirit, and breath, and how they're very similar words, and we've talked about that in previous conversations. As I started to head back, I started breathing, and I could see my breath. And I was seeing essentially this, but it was coming out of me. And it reminded me of this idea that the very breath I have right now, this moment, the very fact that I'm here, the very fact that I'm alive, is this gift of grace, right, that was given from the very beginning of time, and I did nothing to deserve it, and my body cannot contain it. It comes out of me and testifies to that. I'm not even thinking about it, and my body by breathing is literally testifying to the grace of God. Amen. That was an amazing experience that I saw my breath, and it made me think of the breath of God And his presence with me at all times. It's amazing what having a little space like camp allows you to listen and hear, and then the opportunity to testify. My hope is so far you've had space both to listen, listen to God, listen to your own stories. To listen to the inner workings of your soul, um, to listen to others share their stories. And my hope is that before you leave this evening and before you leave this camp and even as you go, that this rhythm would stick with you, that you would be thinking, how can I uh, be more aware and participate in testifying, truth telling your story? And that you would know that it has nothing to do with whether you have a good story, right? Just the fact that you are alive is an amazing testimony. Amazing testimony. I'm going to close this in prayer, and uh, we need to be done. And those of you who have kids need to either go get them or get them in PJs or get them back so they can enjoy a movie. And we're going to have a time of worship. And as we end, what I want you to be thinking about, even as we go, as you be with kids, whether you see people or when you come back to worship, that you would be thinking about uh, your story and your testimony, and looking for opportunities to share. and maybe kind of intermit-star worship time if there's something that you feel like you would like to share, to testify to, something that you experienced. Um, we want you to have space to do that. Um, and just beyond that, as you continue in the weekend, that you would do that as well. I apologize that we don't have more time to kind of practice that together. Um, our session this evening was already on the shorter end compared to our two-hour session this morning. So, But let me pray for us, and we'll break, and then we'll come back in about a half hour and worship and share testify together Jesus as we think of this picture of your spirit moving over the water we recognize your spirit in us and it's amazing how something like just a cold morning where we can see our breath can maybe be that reminder of this testimony that you created us in your image that you have given us life as we sang earlier that you have brought breath into our lungs that you are the air we breathe help us to be men and women who are more transparent with our stories and that are not so caught up in whether we have a good story or a bad story but that we would just be simply people who tell the truth Even with our simple breath, even with our actions, even with our songs, um, with the way we respond to teaching and the way we listen, help us to be people who are sharing our testimonies and help us to be aware of it. Be with us, Holy Spirit, as you are, as our very breath, as we go about things and come back to worship, prepare us. Give us things to share. Give us songs to sing. um, Give us time to celebrate your goodness. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: To find a life on my own apart from you. I am the king of excuses. I count one for every selfish thing I do. Now what's going on? side